Yeah, this is Ish, the Palace here from Sebastian Palaces. And I too have my some of my equipment stolen. My shit stolen by uh, a sleazy coward, man, that broke into the studio down at the Rainier Brewery. He didn't unlock the door, try to break the lock. He just pulled the whole fixture off of the door jam. And like that one slimy dude that could get into elevator shafts and shit from the X-Files, he went in through about a seven-inch slit in the door and the uh, uh, housing and was bringing some of the equipment out. And yeah, man, it was a tragic. I'm still, I'm still, I still cast a wary eye on all really thin, tested dudes, man. But I got everything back over time. Had to buy everything back. Didn't have insurance, so get some insurance. Musicians out there with valuable stuff. Sub pop. I'm out. Hello and welcome to the Sub Pop Podcast. I am Arwen Nix here, back here with Alyssa Atkins. Hi. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. That was ish. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. He's pretty great. He's amazing. Here's what I want to tell you about that. Uh-huh. I do not want to be called a sleazy coward by Ishmael Butler. Right? <laughs> I don't want anything I ever do in life to be equated down to that. What did you say that he's really good with like, the G-rated insult? Oh, yeah. It makes me realize, why am I swearing ever? Because you don't need to if you can just <laughs> deliver an on-point accurate description of someone my vocabulary simply isn't as uh, large as ishes that's sleazy coward is what i'm referring to yeah like yeah that's what you gotta that's what that person is like narrow-chested man casting a wary eye at narrow-chested men yeah i love it (laughs) today we are talking about the all too common problem of musicians getting robbed yeah Valuable uh, stuff getting stolen on the road. It's heartbreaking. There are so many heartbreaking stories. It just happened to the most recent signee to Hardly Art, Dick Stuso. Most of it was just like, it's just stuff. It's okay. It does suck that, you know, I've been working on recordings and then all of that was gone. I didn't have anything backed up. And th- the stuff I had on my computer was gone too because that was stolen. So I basically lost everything that I was working on <laughs> and had to start from scratch. God, that's such a bummer. And you don't even have to be on the road to get your stuff stolen. No. No. Obviously. No one is safe. No one. Nowhere. Well, do you remember in in season one when we talked to Chastity Belt and Mike Kunkka? Yes. In that same episode, both of them talked about getting robbed. Chastity Belt, who thought they were poisoned when they were on tour in Europe. I mean, a whole other level of terrifying. If you haven't heard that episode, I do suggest that you go check it out. They have this crazy story about being asleep in their RV possibly being poisoned in their sleep and having all their money stolen and then getting robbed again the next night. Horrifying. And then Mike Kunkka, his studio was broken into after 30 years and he lost 30 years of music and 30 years of gear. All, all gone. The problem that we are discussing today is musicians getting robbed and it happens of course, not just to sub pop and hardly art bands. I, anyone who knows a band knows someone who has probably been robbed. It's true. Ask. Yeah. You'll find out. It is. It happens, unfortunately, frequently. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that you don't leave your stuff in the car in San Francisco. Like, you can't. That's just, like, where everyone gets broken into. So that's Kimberly Morrison, formerly of the Duchess and the Duke, currently in Gazebos. And last winter, she was on tour with Gazebos. 
And from night one, shit started going wrong. Little stuff. Annoying stuff. Tyler (laughs) fell asleep on my vape pen and broke it in half. (laughs) I mean, there was bigger stuff too. There was massive snowstorms, flat tires, and sketchy neighborhoods. Just a bunch of things that weren't the end of the world, but were dumb and stressful. The worst thing, though, was getting their van broken into while they were in San Francisco. They had played a show the night before, and knowing that you do not leave your stuff in the van if you can ever avoid it, they loaded all their gear into their friend Petey's house where they were staying. So the next day, they get their gear back in the van, and it's parked outside of where Petey works, across the street from this tattoo shop. And everyone decides that they're going to walk like a block away and go get some food before their next leg of driving. We're just sitting there at this cafe and Shannon's phone rings and it's Petey and Petey saw someone break the windows of the van. Tyler and I immediately just like jump up like and start running down the street to the van and we get there and like three of our windows are broken. (laughs) Some some people must have just seen us put the stuff in the in the car and they came back in a car and a bunch of guys jumped out of the car and broke our windows and just grabbed whatever they could. Whatever they could grab was some of Tyler's stuff, toiletries, really nice studio headphones, and then Kimberly's suitcase. Which was a bummer, but I was so relieved that my bass and TV's guitar were still right there on top. Like, yeah, I'm sad about some clothes that I lost, but I do feel so lucky that that's all that was taken. Did you guys then, or have you ever, as a musician, had tour insurance? (laughs) that's a thing it is a thing and we will talk about musicians insurance later but first Alyssa and I want to note that this episode is not usual I don't know what we usually do usual it's unusual (laughs) it's it's not that it's unusual it's just that we're going in a different direction right Yes. So today's episode is a bit of a departure from what we there usually do. Is. We um, are not necessarily just talking to sub pop bands because lots of different people get robbed. And so this episode is kind of for anyone. If they're in a band on sub pop or hardly art or any band at all. These are some like some stories, uh, some cautionary tales. Yeah. Some cautionary tour tales about getting robbed and a little bit of advice. Plus, it's utilizing all of Arwen's exceptional investigative skills because we were talking about bands within Sub Hop's, you know, immediate world that had been robbed. Mm-hmm. And then watching Arwen follow the thread <laughs> led us to this to this episode. Yes. It's, yes. So we'll, I started pulling on that thread here at yeah. home in Seattle, and uh, I talked to my friend Peak Pony. I'm in a band currently called Steel Shit Do Drugs and another band called Stallion. So Pete is one of the many people who have been in the band The Intelligence over the years, and he went with them to Europe about three years ago on tour. And as he described it, it was the greatest greatest trip trip of of all time. time. We were having so much fun every night, and every show was fantastic. They were playing all kinds of shows. They were playing big festivals. We played in a chicken barn up in the mountains, uh, which was amazing. Anybody that has traveled in Europe with a band knows that you get treated extremely well over there compared to the United States. The main difference? The money's better. Not like crazy money, but living wage money. 
Anyway, so he's getting two free meals a day, meeting amazing people, playing in chicken barns, getting really nice wine for very cheap. It's just wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Except what happened. Okay, so we were in Rome. Wake up the next day and we only have a two hour drive to Florence. So we're like, let's do some sightseeing in fucking Rome, the best place to do it. So they park the van, and they're feeling pretty safe, even though they're in Rome. Rome is notorious for vans, in particular, getting ripped off or held up. But it's the middle of the day. There are tons of tourists roaming the streets, there are cops all over the place, and they decide to walk over to the Colosseum. And we have this moment where we're standing um, by the Colosseum, and it's like 10 feet away from us, and it's enormous. And there's sunlight coming through some of the holes in it, you know? And Lars Finberg, the, um, the leader of the band, it's been his band since 2000 or something, uh, he's like, hey, can we just have a moment here, you guys? Can we all just, like, come in close? I want to say some things to you. And we're all kind of, like, misty-eyed and got lumps in our throats. And he's like, you guys are my best friends, and this is, like, the most wonderful time of my life, and it's changing me for the better. And I can't wait to just keep doing this band with you, you know. And we're all just like, like kind of like, you know, welling up. And it's a, it's a really touching moment. And even Sam, our tour manager, who we nicknamed the Robot because he was such a taskmaster, but uh, even Sam was like choked up, you know. And I was like, hey, will you take a picture of me really quick? So Pete gets his picture taken, and it's a really beautiful picture. Pete looks content, not just like happy, but just like fully full body happy and he's doing this weird pose that he said was a Hulk Hogan pose but it looks like a weird surfer salute and I look up at the van and right before I did I had this weird premonition that something bad was about to happen because everything was so good I was like the world's gonna balance this out somehow and I look up and it looks like one of the windows of the van has been left open and I was like oh shit somebody left the van oh fuck and I like run so I stick my head and I'm like, oh my God, immediately doing like an inventory because at that point we're so familiar with everything we have and it's packed in the same way all the time. And uh, so of course, like, feel like your skin's on fire, panic stricken. We open up the back and we just start taking everything out. They took their luggage, a guitar, a snare, backpacks, computers. Which I'm like, why did I bring my computer on tour? Like, never doing that again. Bands should never ever bring their computer on tour unless they absolutely have to. And then Sam had done a live record for Ty Siegel and he was mixing it on tour in, on his computer and he lost the whole thing. And then there's Elias, Elias Mallon. Doing this is the only way I get to talk to you, so. Elias I've known since I was in high school. We met my first day of my sophomore year. I believe I was trying to show you where to go smoke. Anyway, Elias was in metal bands when we were young, and now he's a hired drummer for like Kesha and other pop groups and all kinds of bands. But from what I can tell, he's been on tour since we graduated high school. So I called him up and I asked him if he had ever had anything stolen while on tour. I've had a number of things stolen over the years. Um, The two craziest incidences were with a band called Kill Hannah. We, we were all staying at a Holiday Inn and we woke up the next morning uh, to find our van and trailer filled to the brim with gear. 
uh, completely gone. Gone. Like the van itself, the trailer, and all the uh, all the gear and merch inside of the trailer were gone. They were out of the parking lot. So they all freaked out for a few minutes, and then they went to the front desk and asked them to call the cops. Um, apparently, there were about 20 instances of this that happened within a, a year or two at the hotel that we were staying. Like, not just theft, but specifically bands having their gear stolen. Uh, that's what they said it was. Uh, I think ABC News showed up, NBC News showed up. They, they interviewed us in the lobby of the hotel. So the story goes that there was a security guard whose job it was to monitor the parking lot overnight. And the cops said that they thought all the incidents at this hotel of bands having their stuff stolen, their van and trailers, was an inside job that the security guard was tipping somebody off. They said that they believe it's the Russian mob. So we said to them, uh, do you think there's any chance of getting our gear back or anything? And one officer said, oh, it's probably halfway on the way to Russia right now. I can't confirm the Russian mob had anything to do with it. Yeah, and there was, I think, I think there was about $140,000 worth of gear. When you get something that's also special, I mean, like a lot of instruments are one of a kind or... I mean, just even some of the pedals that they had. So this sentimental thing, like what Elias is saying about some things being irreplaceable, this is what I was reading about all the time from people who had talked about getting robbed, getting their studio robbed or getting robbed on tour. And then it reminded me of when Sonic Youth got robbed. I so clearly remember that. You do? Yeah, because they, it was their pedals, right? It was everything it was pedals it was guitars but it was all this stuff that was incredibly customized because it's sonic For fucking their sound. Youth. Yeah. yeah and so everything they had was in this one rider truck and Ugh. it's 1999 and they're on tour and someone steals the entire truck and the truck is found like three days later but it's completely emptied out and so they put this inventory on their website. Right. Right. So all their pedal boards that they made, their guitars oh, that were custom, everything. It's pictures. It's so sad when you go look at it because it's pictures of them playing it. It's these descriptions. They've gone to all these different lengths to try and get this stuff back. And it's been almost 20 years since it was stolen. And they've only, they're still trying to get stuff back. And they've only recovered three guitars. Yeah. And that just goes to show it's not just about the monetary value. It's no. like... And it's not just even sentimental. It's like very specific to your art and to your craft. Yeah. And then people just ripping it off. Right. And then maybe it's halfway to Russia by the time you even realize it. <laughs> may or may not be. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break for a Mega Mart ad. A Mega Mart ad. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to come back with a story that is less of a bummer. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking through the park on Saturday, a.k.a. Catterday at Cal Anderson. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it was all these people who had brought their cats to the park. Really? Yeah. Hold on. Does that happen every Catterday? This is the first one that I am aware of, but it was a bunch of people with their cats, like, in carriers or on leashes or just roaming around if the cat was had a good, like, recall sensibility. <laughs> That's crazy. I wish I had known about that. There was a lot of like, like I would never get a designer cat. Uh-huh. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I was happy that there were so many there that were so pretty that I could look at. Oh, yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I would get one of those hairless cats. Would you? I think so. I mean, if the situation were right. What would be the right situation for you to get a hairless cat? Like, I wouldn't buy it. That's what I mean by the situation. If you found yourself in a circumstance where someone had to get rid of their very loving hairless cat, you would give it a home. Yeah, hopefully two of them. But Oh, you want them to have, have a buddy? Yeah. That's nice. One of the biggest downsides of living with a cat is the cat hair that's everywhere. Yeah. So just to me, it seems like the hairless cat just solves the problem. Would you buy the cat a sweatshirt? Definitely. Would you buy the cat a Sub Pop sweatshirt? Uh, <laughs> definitely. That would, wasn't, took me a Would minute. those be available at the Sub Pop Megamart? I think we do. It's been a long time since I've looked at the Sub Pop Megamart at megamart.subpop.com. But I think we do sell cat sweaters. Definitely dog sweaters. Yeah, and I bet we also sell water bowls for dogs. Really? You can't just make <laughs> stuff up that's in the Mega Mart. If people want to fact check whether or not we have cat sweaters, dog sweaters, or water bowls for dogs, tell me again where they go. You would want to go to megamart.subpop.com. But seriously, don't go to megamart.com. What's there if you do? I think it's like a Korean kind of like Amazon type store. Oh. It might be more specifically like groceries. And I might not be Korean, but I think it is. You know what I keep noticing about some of these stories is that there's this theme of, well, everyone knows you get robbed in X city. And it's like, no, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. I will say that the day that Gazebo's van got broken into and Kimberly's suitcase got robbed, Two other bands, just that I know, who also happened to be playing in San Francisco that day, also had their bands broken into that day. Three of your friends' bands? Three of my friends' bands. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But like, the different people I talked to were like, San Francisco's the worst, or Oakland's the worst, or it always happens in Rome, no matter where they were. And so I started looking into that, and I was wondering if these were... If it was some sort of organized crime, like these were my two questions, like, is this an actual crime ring in these different cities? Not like one major one, but different crime rings that are targeting musicians and what city is the worst? So those questions led me to this next story because I found this article about how Texas had this huge police bust where it was like two different police departments that joined forces to try and catch these people who were targeting people who were transporting stuff in trailers. So not just musicians, but like specifically trailers, trailers, Uh because they were looking for big ticket items. And the name of this like crime bust was Operation Deals on Wheels. Operation Deals on Wheels. I know. Which kind of sounds like you're going to be giving like a BMX bike to a poor child. <laughs> like, but that's not what it is. In, the, in this article, I, I was reading more into it and trying to figure out what happened. And I found out that one of the people who was robbed by these thieves, this band of thieves, was this guy, Zane Williams, who is a musician in Texas. Well, the story starts really with me hearing about other bands getting their stuff stolen, like their van and trailer. It just seemed like 
almost every month I'd get on Twitter and it'd be like a bunch of people retweeting, oh, this band just got all their gear stolen, you know, here's a list, be on the lookout for these guitars and blah, blah, blah. And, and so finally I was just like, man, this is just happening to too many people. I, I got I to gotta be prepared, as prepared as I can be for it to happen to me. So I got online and started looking for GPS tracking devices. So I found this thing called the DeWalt Mobile Lock. So Zane described this device to me as about the size of a sandwich, a magnet the size of a sandwich, and said you can just put it on the wall or trailer, whatever metal thing has your gear in it, and it's for theft prevention. You can arm it with a text message, you know, turn it on. You can disarm it with a text message. If the alarm goes off for any reason, you can have it call your cell phone. So a little robot voice will call you and say, alarm detected at such and such a time. But it isn't cheap. I mean, for me, cheap is relative, I guess, but the thing costs like $250. And there's a monthly fee too, like with a cell phone, which is about $20 a month. But the thing does a lot, it's useful. It can tell you if it's too hot because there's this temperature alert. And so if you don't want your records to melt, you can set the temperature alert and it'll let you know if it gets that hot. There's a vibration feature. So if someone is like rocking your van, trying to break in, it'll send you a message. And then there's this perimeter feature, which allows you to set a little perimeter, a little electronic fence. And if your device goes past the border that you have set up, the alarm will go off. For, for that feature to work, it has to it has to ping the GPS satellite constantly, and then if one of those pings falls outside the radius, that's uh, that's what sets off the alarm. Well, those pings, you only get a certain a certain amount of pings per month, and then they start charging you like 25 cents per ping. So Zane decided he was just going to use the vibration feature so he could save some money, and because that should still work, right? I'd had it for literally two weeks. We were driving through Houston on our way to do a show in Galveston. And uh, we're driving along and people are hungry. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon. I see, uh, oh, here's a, there's a restaurant at this next exit. So we get off and we park at this Mexican restaurant called Jalisco's. We were in there for about 45 minutes. And then, you know, we come back out of the restaurant. It's like, hey, did you move the van? I didn't move the van. Did you? Did anybody? Has anybody? And then we start realizing, okay, the van's gone. A van and trailer uh, are gone. So he calls the non-emergency number for the police department. And the dispatch says they're going to send out the next available unit. But five minutes go by, and then 10, and then 15, and nothing. And they are just standing in the parking lot of this restaurant, and they are feeling very helpless. So Zane gets out his phone. Pulled up the website for Mobile Lock, and I logged in, and sure enough, it does the first ping, and there they are. They're, they're on the freeway going headed south. I'm waiting for the police to call me back, and I'm thinking, dude, we're going to get them. I know exactly where they are. All I have to do is tell the police where they are, and they'll go pull them over and arrest them and get our stuff back. Well, the police aren't calling us back. So he can see this little dot getting further and further away, their stuff getting further and further away. And he knows that if the cops would just come and get him, they could chase the stuff down and get it back. But that's not happening. So Zane does at that moment what many of us would do. He posts about it on Facebook. 
I posted on Facebook and said, look, if there's any fans that are reading this message in Houston, we are at Jalisco's at this address, and we need somebody to come get us so we can chase the people that stole our van and trailer. I'm like, dude, if the police aren't going to go get them, then I'm going to get in a car, and I'm going to follow these people and get our stuff back. So right away, like three fans called us and said, dude, you know, we're 15 minutes away. We're on our way there. One of my fans that saw my po my Facebook post, her husband is a police officer, a detective with the Houston Police Department. So she had him call me. And that was the actual first real police officer I spoke to on the phone was because of my Facebook post. Wow. Not from actually calling the police. <laughs> so... He calls me up and he's like, Zane, what's going on? And I'm like, dude, they stole our van and trailer and I have a GPS tracker and I know where they are, but I can't get any police to respond. And he's like, okay, well, give me the address. And by that time, 30 or 40 minutes had gone by. And by this time, they had, they had gone down the freeway. Uh, they'd gotten on a loop and kind of gone around Houston. And then they'd gotten off of the freeway and they had... They had been stopped at this one location for about 10 minutes. So I, looking on the map, I could zoom in and I could, t I told him the exact address where they were. So now Zane's excited because the cops should be on the way to his stuff. They have the exact address of where it is. And at that moment, a fan shows up and Zane and his tour manager hop in the car and off they go. They are gonna get it and uh as we're on our way there my the police officer guy calls me back and says unit got there and there was nobody there your van wasn't there the only thing there was your trailer whoever stole the van and trailer unhitched the trailer and just kept going so zane got some of his stuff back but not all of it yeah, I mean, it ended up being, it, you know, the story kept unraveling because is, um, and you know, I would get periodic updates from that detective guy because he ended up kind of taking over my case and being in charge of my case. Okay, so with the tape from the parking lot where you can see at least half of the body of the person who took the van and trailer from Zane, with that piece of evidence and with the address of where the trailer was left, which was at the house of someone who said they had nothing to do with it, but their garage was open and it was full of stolen stuff. Hmm. Uh huh. So with those two pieces of evidence, the police were that much closer to doing this huge bust where 200 people ended up getting arrested in this huge crime ring. So they were that much closer to breaking their operation. Wheels, wheels and on deals. deals. Deals on wheels. Deals on wheels. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but... It doesn't matter for Zane because he didn't get his stuff back. He got the stuff back from the trailer and I think one other guitar back, but the rest of his stuff just gone. God. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. He like he did everything right. You yeah, know? exactly. He was trying so hard. What more could he have even done? So there is one thing. There is. Yes. Um, which is something that Ish mentioned at the very top of the show. Oh, interesting. And then I asked Kimberly about. Uh -huh. Yeah. So is this where we get into the PSA portion of the Sub Hop podcast? A little public service announcement here? Yes, Alyssa, it is. Good. Hey, how are you? Everyone, meet Laura Donnellan. 
She's the assistant vice president of this company called Music Pro Insurance. So I first came across Music Pro because I was reading these horror stories about people having their stuff stolen. And some of these horror stories were made worse because a lot of these people thought they had insurance because they had renter's insurance or they had homeowner's insurance or they had car insurance. And a lot of those policies, even specific policies, will not cover your gear, even if you think it does. That scares me when people think they're covered under a homeowner's or renter's because usually a homeowner's or renter's policy, first off, won't cover the gear if it leaves the home which doesn't do a touring musician any good. They usually don't cover anywhere near the amount of different things that we cover. They would usually limit it to fire or theft. You know, my policy not only gives the worldwide coverage, but they also cover things like accidental breakage. There's no limitations or exclusions if something's stolen out of a vehicle or a trailer. You know, I can't expect people to unload every time they stop for the night. So it, my policy is a lot more comprehensive than what a homeowner's or a renter's would be. And a lot of times, too, if you're making money from the use of the gear, a homeowner's or renter's policy can say, well, that's business equipment and it's not covered under your contents on this policy. So I'm kind of the opposite of that. And I want to be clear. I am not and Sub Pop is not endorsing Music Pro as a company, but I do think insurance is a good option. And reading these different message boards, it seems to me that people have had positive experiences with Music Pro. And honestly, it's a whole lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Um, our minimum premium is $150 a year, and you can get around $12,000 worth of coverage. So for less than the price of the DeWalt Mobile Lock, you can get $12,000 worth of coverage. And of course, any policy is going to be more specific to whatever you have insured. That's just the minimum policy. But that seems pretty good to me. Also, you don't have to be on tour for this insurance policy to work. You can be anywhere. But it also covers accidents happening. So let's say some shitty dude spills beer on your pedal board when you're playing a show. That shit is covered. Oops, I dropped it. You know, there's really no avoiding things like that. I had one guy put in a claim because his dog slammed into his guitar and the neck broke. <laughs> the coverage is very strictly based on whatever your gear list shows. So some people will just insure the big stuff or the stuff that they're most concerned about. Um, maybe only the things that leave the house on tour. So maybe their list is ever changing every time they go on tour. But the flip side is, yeah, it probably is a good idea to insure everything down to cables, cases, stands, mics, all that stuff. Because, like you say, if a van or trailer just disappears overnight, that stuff adds up. You know, you could have $2,000 worth of cables that also went missing, and now you're out of pocket for that because you didn't insure it. Here's my question. Yes. How many cables is $2,000 worth of cables? That is a great question. I would like someone to answer that. I would us. like someone to send us a visual of what <laughs> $2,000 worth of cables look like. I have no idea how much cables cost. Let alone $2,000 worth? Yeah. What that looks like represented? Yeah, I want to see like that weight. Like, would that fill the murder closet? I don't think so. No? No. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, insure your cables then. <laughs> and we're going to have more information about, you know, Music Pro insurance and other options that you can get for musicians insurance um, at subpop.fm where Stuart writes the show notes. 
It's true. Yes. And just, I, I got to say, just one more time, uh-huh. really like that you went through and found all this information and provided <laughs> some helpful, useful information instead of just a bummer of, hey, how about all these people that get their stuff stolen? I'm not going to lie. That was my original plan. My original plan was like, <laughs> let's just talk about how often this let's happens and marinate. offer zero <laughs> solutions. <laughs> Which was literally my plan because I just thought these are interesting stories and I thought maybe even just hearing them would be of good use to the listener. But there's actually something you can do. You can get the DeWalt mobile lock (laughs) and you can, which, can I confess something Please. I didn't know what a DeWalt was and it's like a... The brand? Yeah. The lock? (laughs) Well, because it's like a, what are they? Tools. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) It's like tools. What do you call it? (laughs) So I had to Google DeWalt and I was like, oh, it's like for construction and stuff. Uh huh. But I think Jen saw me Googling it and it's just like, I'll never, I'll never. What's this DeWalt of which you speak? It's like that thing where like, you know, you're never going to get the level of respect back from the person who just saw you do this. So you just have to tell everyone how terrible you are. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. So I appreciate that. that Yeah. But now we're offering some news you can use with some bummer stories. Get a lock. Another tip that I heard from people was to get one of those really long winding locks Uh and run it through all of your amps so they're all connected because then they can't. Oh, it's not that easy. Yeah. And then you can always just unlock it when you're back. But if you do have to, if you can't unload your van and you're on tour, park um, back in and park against a wall. Uh Use one of those things to secure all your amps and gear never leave any instruments on the top if you can avoid it um get some sort of mobile lock so you are alerted uh some people just said i can't believe anyone would get robbed how are they not sleeping in the van with their stuff (laughs) but and have have insurance i think that it's you know 150 dollars can be hard for some people to swing and maybe it would be more if you have more gear than that but (sighs) getting that money Back, which happens in just a couple days after you file a claim, seems like it could really, really help. Hey, so you know what we're going to do this season too? What? I think we were trying to do it last season, but we're definitely doing it now. <laughs> There's a Spotify playlist up on Sub Hop's Spotify profile. Spotify that- is a music service. If you so <laughs> I'll stop saying Spotify <laughs> starting now. Um, where all the music that we feature in each episode will be. So we're just going to have one long playlist for yeah. the season. So everything's going to be in there. So everything you heard last episode from the Hardly Heart episode, from the first episode, all the stuff from today. Yeah. You'll also find a song list also in the show notes. That's helpful. Uh-huh. And um, now we just have to say thank you to our bosses. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris Jacobs. Thank you, Megan Jasper. And thanks, as always, to Jonathan Poneman. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Arwen. Thanks for all Alyssa. your hard work on this one. We're going to end with um, a story from Mark Arm. Oh, this is so good. Who has never been robbed on tour. Um, he needs a kind of insurance that I don't think is available. <laughs> <laughs> In 2007, we flew down to Brazil to do a tour, and I brought my guitars with me, of course, uh, one of which was in a heavy-duty flight case. It was my Gretsch Silverjet. And uh, when we got to the venue to do our first show at Soundcheck, I opened up the case, and it was not in there. And uh, my initial response was like, holy shit, someone stole my guitar. 
like it could have been taken from someone at the airlines, it could have been taken, you know, in customs or something, who knows, who knows. And I was, you know, a little freaked out. I eventually called home and got a hold of Emily, my wife, and she went downstairs into the basement and uh, my Gretsch was just sitting there. <laughs> so, you know, that's a close call, but uh, really uh, nothing was stolen. So, you know, it was, it turned out to be all right. The The only bummer is there's a legacy of that uh, incident on my Wikipedia page, like the picture of me shows me playing a borrowed guitar in Brazil, like an S a Gibson SG that someone was kind enough to let me use. But the problem is, is like, that's not my guitar. And for some reason, that that picture of me has been on that page, I think, ever since it was created, which was, you know, who knows who knows how those things are even created or who doesn't. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know how to change that. If someone uh, knows how to change that, please do.